I am Mark Ward, and this is The Pill. I was trying to deal with my anxiety about what was to come. So I called the funeral home that handled my mom's cremation to see what I could do so that I would not have to think about these things when I'm not clear-headed. Well, I felt weird about it, you know, as, as if I was unnecessarily advancing the process, but I had to do something. My dad was dying. They told me that it would only be a matter of time. So much dread. Un manageable dread. Well, nothing is unmanageable, I suppose. I, I cannot stop what is happening, but I can do something in response. I can prepare in some way. I wanted to control something to ease my overwhelming sense of hopelessness. I had to do something. The funeral home emailed me the paperwork. There is always paperwork. There's always paperwork, isn't there? We seem to have lives that are defined, recorded, impeded, and occasionally empowered by mounds of paper. Well, I was completing the paperwork, and the last item that is required was that I have two witnesses, since this was in advance of any death, and it was simply in preparation for what was to come. So I went to my neighbors downstairs and to my neighbors across the hall who graciously agreed to be witnesses for me. They signed the last three pages of the paperwork and I returned to my apartment. I walked in the door, set the paperwork down in preparation for scanning, and the phone rang. I didn't have to look at the caller ID. I knew. In my memory, there was something distinct about that ring, as if it was foreshadowing, broadcasting the nature of the call. It was that ring, the one that would confirm that things will never be the same. The nurse at the nursing home told me that it was peaceful. There was no pain. He drifted off. She shared her condolences, as people do, and there was a silence. It was uncomfortably awkward, more for me or for her, I don't really know, but I didn't know what to say, so I just said, I don't know what to do, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. She told me that they would call the funeral home. Did I want them to call my sister, my dad's stepdaughter? I said yes. I thanked her for all that she, for all that all of them had done in the care for my often very difficult father, and I hung up the telephone. I sat for a moment or two or five, I'm not sure, watching the muted images and drama of Animal Kingdom on the television. My dog had been sleeping, but now he was watching me. He must have sensed something, a shift in the energy in the room. I, I didn't know what to do. What do I do? What am I supposed to do? I scanned the paperwork from the funeral home. Now I was able to add the date of the death, and I emailed it to the funeral home. I called them to be certain that they had received it and that they had received the call from the nursing home. They had. He 
peruse the application while I was on the phone. For him, this was just another day at the office. But for me, well, my life is forever altered. He told me that as a veteran, my dad was entitled to a headstone in the veteran cemetery. Did I want that? I don't know. I never, I never thought about it. I don't know. And for that, we will need his discharge papers, he told me. Well, where do I get those? Where are those? Suddenly, I was annoyed by something else for which I was not prepared. My anxiety was probably evident because he said, you don't have to decide that right now. So I ended the call and I stared again at the television. The characters were in some kind of violent exchange. I just stared. I suppose that it would be normal to be crying, but I'm not. He was a very difficult man in some respects, a horrific man both to my mom and later in his dementia, but he could also be funny. Horrible jokes. Was also incredibly intelligent. Could beat you at Trivial Pursuit and Jeopardy even in the midst of his dementia. He showed his love by providing. Outside of those boundaries, emotionally and otherwise, he was often, like many other men of his generation, ill-equipped. The quintessential American father, right? And in, in some ways, in some ways, I inherited a lot of his qualities, both good and bad. I loved him in spite of our sometimes difficult relationship, and I have no doubt that in his capacity to do so, he loved me as well. No question. It's also awkward. It's this idea in many respects, you know, here one minute, gone the next. And I think that when you live in a different state, when you are not in their presence that often, it becomes less tangible. At least that's how it feels to me. And I suppose that the dementia simplified it in some respects because the man that was him, though somewhere in there and with some infrequent cameos, had already left. It doesn't feel simpler, though. That's just a thought, not a feeling. I am filled with dread about what is to come because now I am forced to deal with my sister. You see, my mother had two daughters from her first marriage and my father raised one of the two, my oldest sister. He made me and her co-executors of his will. She took the original copy of the will from the safety deposit box along with my silver dollars from my great-grandparents and my grandparents, my wheat penny collection, a painting of me and one of our dogs growing up, my twin brother's baby bracelet. Um, she stole that stuff. Now, that was all just stuff, though it did mean something to me. She has the original copy of the will. I have no copy of the will, so I am at her mercy. I sent her an email last week asking her to step aside when this moment came since it wouldn't change the content of what she was to receive, which is what she really cares about, but she did not respond. Well, this creates enormous anxiety because she is less than kind. She is duplicitous and greedy. And though people, including those that are in the family, can see and perhaps even acknowledge the presence of that greed in some capacity and the hunger, they are oblivious to the depth of her duplicity and her true nature. You know, you don't know what you don't know. Her daughter, my niece, is a stellar woman. She has no idea. Even our other sister doesn't know, or in her case, 
doesn't quite get it because I've shared some of the truth with her. And that's a whole other story of dysfunction at its finest. Dysfunction in the American family in a way that would make us fan favorites on Jerry Springer. I mean, even Ilanya could not save our lives, not the life of this family, I'm guessing. But, you know, this too will pass. Like all things, there is an opportunity here should I choose to take it. I have to be mindful of the story that I am telling in regards to that which has not yet unfolded. I can either feed the pain body that is my anxiety or I can acknowledge, release, and create a new one. For me, right now, today, that's easier said than done. The strangest thing is that now I'm no longer a son. I have no kids, so I will no longer be identified in relation to anyone but myself. And there's a weight to that. I don't know if there are others out there who get that since many are connected to others in some very real capacity as fathers, as husbands, as mothers, as wives, as sons, as daughters. I'm just me. I do have a dog, so I guess that's something. A large part of my life for the greater part of three years has been focused on one or both of my parents, her surviving him and his dementia, him surviving without her, just surviving. Now, once the probate process is complete, which has not even started, I have to focus on me again, absent any mission except making something more of myself again and surviving this and all that is to come. It's what we're all doing, I guess, surviving at the baseline, at the root. We are doing whatever it takes to get by. And Dad, I'm glad that you are no longer suffering. I'm glad that you are finally at rest. And despite some really valid evidence and reasons for why I might want to feel otherwise, I am glad that I was your son. So dad, say hello to mom and to Mike and to grandma and grandpa, both sets of them. Be better to mom and just rest. Rest in peace. Mark Ward, you're such a strong person. Even in this, the most difficult of circumstances, you're still recording your story, being genuine, talking honestly, being real with yourself, and to do that in audio is a gift for other people. I've always considered you a very strong person with an amazing brain. I love the way that you take on challenges in life, and this is one of the penultimate challenges of life, losing your parents. And you've got so much to deal with, you know, and uh, the dysfunction of the American family. Yeah, I relate to that in an Australian setting and paperwork. Yeah, it's the bane of all our existences and yet there you are, getting through it and sharing your story with other people. Always impressed with you as a human being, Mark Ward. Gracious, elegant, genuine, intelligent and kind. Hey Mark, I just listened to your podcast, 
the call. And holy wow. But you know what? I wish I had more time to talk. Um, I mean, I can always, I guess, what do they call it? Call back in again or send you a message. But, uh, you know, you are somebody to a lot of people. Maybe not blood relation, but I promise you, you are somebody to so many people. And I have a lot of respect for you because despite, you know, your father being so difficult, you still loved him. Georgie D, Candace, thank you both. Coming from the two of you, I consider those to be the highest of compliments. And I I really appreciate it. I cannot tell you how much. I cannot adequately tell you how much it means to me. Thank you. Mark, um, as much as these words are inadequate, I do want to wish you my sincere condolences on the passing of your father. And um, as you wrestle with your own anxiety, with your relationship with your sister, and uh, the future, I I wish you peace and I wish you fortitude. And um, I hope you are looking forward to discovering who you are on your own. Uh, I know I am. All the best. Tim, thank you so much. And actually, those words are very meaningful, and I appreciate them. Thank you. I'm walking, as I always do in the cemetery. I live near the largest cemetery in Chicago, so you can get quite a lot of mileage in and as I think you can tell, it's very peaceful, which is, you know, a gift in the city. And I was just thinking about my parents, you know. So my dad passed on Tuesday night. We're coming up on the year anniversary of my mom's passing. Thinking about my twin brother, who is also not with us my grandparents, and I keep picturing them all together, laughing, just having a great time. And it's interesting, you know, I sort of picture the idealized version of my parents rather than the version that they represented when they were here. Meaning that Like many people, I think that there was a weight about them, meaning that it seemed a little challenging for them, as it does for many of us, to just engage joy, you know, for the sake of joy, without there having to be some, you know, defined reason, celebration around it. 
I, I don't think they knew how to do that or didn't feel like they deserved it or didn't feel they had permission. I don't know. But I have tried to use that in recent years, you know, as a reminder to myself that I, as a part of them, will most likely share those inclinations. And I do, or maybe it's just something that we all share as humans. So it's just a reminder to me to, you know, engage the joy. Focus on the good and on the gratitude. And I'm no master. I certainly have my moments, but... And, you know, I guess the whole premise for those who believe that life continues in some capacity would be that that weight is lifted and that they are now able to experience that joy without any hesitation or limitation or guilt. And that's how I prefer to envision it. And yeah, I would, I, I would like to see that. And yeah, today will be one of many days in which, you know, I miss them. I miss them.